This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 112 of Stacey West Podcast. I am Ben and Gaz is with me as ever. You well? Yeah, I'm not too bad at all. Thank you. How are you? I'm not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Um, yeah, just, just excited to get some football back in my life again. It's been it's been too long at this point. In 10 days. Yeah, it's still too long. You know, you're watching, mm-hmm. you're watching all the other football going on in the world. You're like, I want, I want my football back. Do you know what? I've actually quite enjoyed other teams being given a chance to catch us up. I mean, it's hacked me off that they have caught us up. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's been very few results have gone for us during this little spell. Um, mm. But I quite enjoyed having, certainly last Saturday, without the pressure. And it sounds, I don't take it well, but it sounds silly. But for us not to play, it was great just to be able to kind of kick back and go, right, it's up to you boys now to do what you want to do. And knowing we were going to be top. Yeah, when it finished, uh, it was great. I mean, I know Hull dropped and then obviously picked some up um, in midweek, but yeah, still Portsmouth that worry me. I think they're the team; they're the, they're the big ones. Yeah, I think um, I think was it somebody said if you finish one, someone was saying on Twitter the other day, if you finish one side, one position either side of Portsmouth, you're probably going to be going up. So um, yeah, possibly. I think, I mean, Steve Evans said, if you finish above Lincoln, you'll be going up. It's a saying that now gets banded about very easily. It's one of those sayings that, you know, the first time you hear it, you think that's a good saying. And then everybody jumps on the bandwagon. <laughs> and eventually you just think, actually, what's the point? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you finish, if you finish above Portsmouth, you'll be in the playoffs, I would have thought. But, um, you know, if you were Portsmouth, somebody finished above you and weren't in the playoffs, you've had a crap season. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I mean, um, how, how have you? Oh, well, obviously, I was going to say you've been, uh, you know, you've been dealing with the the, the dearth of you know Lincoln for a week because it's um, you've been watching the other teams catching us up, and obviously, situation at the moment is we have, I believe, we have a game in hand over Hull, and we are second in the table, which I mean is still a phenomenal place to be. Um, but yeah, do, do you prefer it when you've got games in hand or when you've just got the points on the board? 
No, I've said it a million times on the podcast before, Ben. Don't you listen? No, I, well, on the board. I do sometimes. <laughs> I was trying to make conversation, Gaz. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I shouldn't be nasty to you. Uh, apparently, points <laughs> on the board. Always, always points on the board because you're never guaranteed to win games in hand, and you only have to look at Hull, who had a game in hand of us last weekend, drew it with Blackpool. Um, mm. So there you are, they've dropped points. So you'd rather have had the three points on the board than the game in hand. Uh, at the same time, you know our destiny's in our own hands at this stage of the season. Do you know what I mean? You, you, mm. We're not halfway, I don't think, in terms of league games. We are in terms of games played, but not in terms of league games. So, yeah, there's an awful lot of football to play. And I think you know, the likes of you and I almost certainly, and without a doubt, a whole host of, of Lincoln fans, put far too much stock in being top of the league table for a week in the middle of the season. Mm. Um we remember it. Yeah, I remember us being top of uh, League Two back in the Jamie Forrester and Mark Stallard days. So, because it, it means something to a fan, but it doesn't actually mean anything in the grand scheme of things. So, the fact we've been top of League One is brilliant. Um, this weekend is a great opportunity for us as well, because I know we're going to preview our tie, um, but I think it's Portsmouth and Hull this season, uh, this weekend. So, you know, if, if we could get our points, somebody drops points again, and we look to them being a good position um but you know we've got hull to play twice i think and we portsmouth to play once mm-hmm. uh, away still yeah so there's, there's still an awful lot of, of big big games um it's exciting uh, yeah. but i don't enjoy it when it's happening <laughs> yeah i know what you mean it's it it's a it's a weird one because i think there's been a few people that have been picking up on you know lincoln's results and saying this is, uh, you know, this is a team that that have done incredibly well so far. But then you look at the results against like the top teams, as they quote. So it, it, I don't know if that's a concern or not still. And I think we'll probably have a slightly more definitive answer come next Tuesday, I guess. But yeah. I mean, with... you see, I've, I've picked up on it before because we got beat heavily at home by Portsmouth and we got beat heavily at home by Sunderland mm. um, but we have drawn with Peterborough again albeit at home um, and we obviously we did lose to Doncaster who were also up there but you know are we beat when we beat some of the clubs Charlton for instance Blackpool mm. for instance Oxford for instance they were expecting to be up there at the time and who's to say that the results we got against them didn't go some way to dictating the fact that they were not mm. You look just outside the playoffs. Crew are a really fancied side. We've already been to their place twice in two competitions and beaten them. Um, you know, Plymouth are not doing badly, who who obviously we've, we've beaten as well. We've drawn with Accrington at their place, which was another good result. So I it, it might be a concern. It's mm. not so much the teams, I think, in the playoffs. It's how we do against Hull um, mm. and against Portsmouth. And no, they're the games it twists on. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot of concern there, but ultimately, you know, we are where we are on merit. We're not there on anything else. And I think, um, well, we've said before that anyone can beat anyone uh, in League One. You know, on on the day, except maybe Burton. Um, but you've got, you know, you've got this, you've got this attitude towards the games at the moment where. I think the mental side of the game is, is probably where the, the, the strength is really coming in. And I don't think this team believes that, you know, that anyone can beat anyone phrase. I don't think they believe that anyone can beat them on the day. Um, and I think that's probably 
something that is, uh, you know, a, a key strength of this squad. And I just wonder if, well, I don't know. I, I just wonder if we can keep it going. And if we can, then, you know, how long we keep it going for? Um, I think the key is going to be the away form. Yes. And people will point to the away form and he's done really well away from home um, between, you know, the beginning of the season and now. So the fact you've got so many games to play away against teams in and around you is a good thing. Whereas some might say that our away form is good because of who we've played away from home. Um, mm. And when you think, I mean, I, I, we've got uh, Portsmouth away, Hull away, Plymouth away, which is always going to be tough, Ipswich, Sunderland, Oxford, Charlton, all in a row, and Peterborough. The only away games that you're looking at and thinking they're, they're not bankers, but, you know, a little more comfortable, Burton, uh, Bristol Rovers and Wigan, and potentially Gillingham. Um, you know, it's... When you look at the home fixtures, okay, take Hull out of it, but Wimbledon, Blackpool, MK Dons, Rochdale, Crew, Fleetwood, Swindon, all the big boys have been into Sinsel Bank already. Mm. Now, whether that's a good or a bad thing, I don't know. We'll see. Only time will tell, won't it, Ben? <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, right, before we get into the games, uh, a couple of sort of housekeeping bits, I guess. We we obviously answered the question um on the on the last podcast last week saying which of the uh, loan signings do we think we'll will potentially hold on to for the longest or you know which is um do we see any of them potentially going back um i can't remember what was that explicitly said but i'm fairly sure we mentioned robbie gotts and then sure enough the day after the podcast went live robbie gotts has come back to leeds um and then immediately gone straight back out to salford so um yeah he wasn't going to get game time at right back um, and I don't really think particularly with Conor McGrandles coming back I don't think he was going to get too much of a shot in central midfield either was he? No it was harsh um, I mean I, I seem to think on the podcast we ascertained that nobody would go out um, but I know that I had written that Gotts was a 50-50 along with Brennan Johnson one mm. would imagine by the way that Brennan Johnson's deadline has now passed I haven't seen it official but we had to be given a certain amount of time, didn't we? So um, one would imagine that's that's passed. I don't know that for sure. Um, yeah, Robbie was probably the other one who you thought may may go back. Um, I think again, I, when a player comes in who's versatile, um, sometimes that can work against them. And, you know, when they're your player, okay, you, you have a Teo Eden type player who is versatile, but he's yours and you will, we will, we'll mould him and develop him. That's what we do. But when a player comes in on loan who's versatile, you, know, you could always argue that Gotts came in as cover. I mean, our mm. midfield does look strong. Bear in mind, you know, when he left, we were top of League One. As you say, McGrandles is coming back, Liam Bridcut, James Jones, George Grant. You know, there's four players and three positions before you've even got started with you know anybody else who may want to play. You've got Remy Howarth, who's been kind of in the side as well. I did wonder when Howarth got the start against Peterborough over Gotts. That, that did make me think, because if you ask me which of those two play, players I think technically is a better player, I would probably say Robbie Gotts. Um, but I think there will be a lot of fans who will be comforted by the fact that instead of playing somebody from another team for the sake of it, you know, unless they're a key component who we intend to keep, Michael prefers to develop our own players. Yeah. Um, got like you say, he wasn't going to get a game at right back unless TJ got injured, and there's the big kind of um, caveat. Um, 
especially with with Alex Bradley going and especially with Aaron Lewis being told um, he's no longer part of the equation. So at this moment in time, you know, do we have a backup right back? Harry Anderson potentially, but I wouldn't want Harry Anderson at right back with the greatest respect to him when you go away to Portsmouth. But bear in mind, when Portsmouth came to us, we had Robbie Gotts at right back and he got absolutely... I won't say the word because it's in poor taste, but you know, <laughs> yeah. he was he was turned inside out and upside down in that first half on his debut. So, yeah, I don't know if he ever recovered from that, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that was in the fans' eyes, you know, I, I think we certainly gave him more of a chance. But I just wonder if you know, his performances at right back were not sufficient to challenge TJ Ioma, and I don't think he was ever brought in to play in midfield. Um, very, very surprised that he was loaned out to a League Two side. Very, very surprised indeed. Um, you know, I, I thought maybe a Burton Albion uh, or, or a Swindon or a Plymouth um, would, would be interested or, or would want to take him. He would certainly add value to a lower half League One side. Mm. In my opinion, if Salford play him in midfield in League Two, he will tear that league apart because, let's not forget, he was a very good footballer. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, the the um, the it, it's kind of a... Uh, kind of benefit to the you know to the squad or a uh, compliment to the squad I should say saying that he's not going to get a game at you know in, in the middle of the park because when he has played he's looked really impressive you know I thought he's like you say he's a very good footballer and um, I can't remember which game it was but uh, he was he was playing in the middle um, a few games back and he, he looked really good then you know he was he, he looked really strong and a you know decent player um, but it's yeah it, it's a shame because obviously you've got the bigger clubs, you know, up in the in the Championship and the Premier League, they want to send out the youngsters to get game time, and then we're developing a squad that ultimately doesn't allow that to happen. Um, I, uh, as you say, I think I think Salford play him in in the mid you know middle of the field in uh, in League Two. He will be a phenomenal signing for them um, over the next uh, well six months or so. So um, Salford, by the way, again really going for it and you just wonder how many seasons they continue to go can continue to go for it um before they uh before somebody kind of reins them in i suppose they've got a little bit of an unlimited bank balance haven't they mm. i mean they've just i think they've signed tom davies on loan today who's uh he was the bristol rovers oh i've not um, seen that and played played for us tom davies did back in the day was he the kid that come on loan from burnley possibly um I'm, I'm sure. sure that, I'm sure that I'm sure they've taken Tom Davies. It isn't showing actually on the. Uh, no, it's probably you know what it's not. It's Barrow. I tell you, who, um, Salford have taken. I've got my players mixed up. Salford have okay. taken Tom James on loan from Hibernian, um, which is another big signing. And they're linked with Paul Coots from Fleetwood, who right. um, was at Sheffield United a couple of seasons ago. But this isn't the Salford podcast. But just again, they're throwing money at it and. Mm. Uh, I was having a conversation with um, with somebody yesterday, and you know, until Salford sort out the infrastructure, um, you throw as much money as you want at a project. And I think that's something that kind of reflects on us, um, and potentially, you know, kind of goes round to Gotts. The reason that we got Gotts in the first instance ahead of a lot of the teams who wanted him, likes of Sunderland, etc., um, was our infrastructure, and that's where we are really, really strong um, mm. in attracting players. Really strong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, the the other side of it, um, we are loaning one of our own out, um, Zach Albazetti, who um, I think it's fair to say was probably 
really shining in the uh, in in the Papa John's Trophy. He was um, probably player of the round two rounds running or two games running, and uh, definitely you know was making a bit of an impression on us uh, on on fans in those games. Uh, he's been loaned out to Bolton for the rest of the season. So um, I'll be honest, I didn't necessarily see this one coming. Um, I, I think it may have been something you uh, you sort of said in the pod last week that it, he might be one that was going to potentially go out. But um, yeah, I, I didn't see it come in. I was, I was quite surprised um, when the news broke. And uh, it suddenly leaves things looking a little bit slimmer than uh, than we'd like to have done um obviously we've got you know we've got options up front now we've got options in those positions and you know on the wing um with morgan rogers coming in as well i, I it, it was my initial reaction was why have we let zach albazetti go out on loan and then i went oh yeah because we've got morgan rogers in it's yeah, like that after that <laughs> yeah like genuinely that that was that was my train of thought i was like oh really disappointed in that and then just went oh wait i just forgot we've signed a four million pound rated uh player from man city on loan so i think we might be okay there um so i mean yeah it's 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 going to get him experience it's going to get him you know plenty of minutes and and some league two experience obviously so um hopefully it'll be a good move and hopefully we'll see zach uh back in the uh in the summer um what do you reckon yeah, well, I, I was quite um, impressed to see that he started for Bolton almost straight away on uh, the wide attacking left of a, a 4-3-3, I think, which um, is certainly you know, his best position. Mm. Um, he did do very well in uh, Papa John's Trophy, obviously, in two games. He was excellent against Accrington, which was our last game, and it seems like such a long while ago now. Um, but there's bear in mind you know, he, he was player of the round and he could have had a hat-trick by the time he scored his first goal. Um, so at times I think he looked match-rusty mm. at times he was able to show us what he could do um, people who and I think I said this on the last podcast who were saying that you know he could have done a job against Peterborough it's not the case he likes ground to come move into uh, and uh, certainly with you with the fixtures we've spoken about, not just that we have coming up, but fixtures that um, that we have to play all the way through the season, there's going to be plenty of times where he's not going to have that room to run into. There are going to be teams who are going to sit deep. Um, there are teams that kind of don't let that space out behind them. And even when you look at Sunderland, who came and beat us 4-0, there was very little space to run into at the back. They were a very compact, um, yeah, very good defensive unit. So uh, I'd, love to, I'd love to see him go out and get some senior football. Uh, I really hope that he does put some goals and assists and comes back with a shout um, for a first team place. Much depends on how we do, uh, you know, crazy as it sounds. But if we were promoted to, were, excuse me, if we were to be promoted to the championship, there are not going to be first team opportunities for Zach Elbazetti at the club. If we're to remain in League One, then potentially there are. Um, but, you know, I said on the pod, I think, and if I didn't say this, my apologies, but I certainly thought it, and that counts, um, that uh, Theo, him, one of him or Theo Archibald would go out on loan. And I wondered if, uh, I kept hearing that Archibald was going out on loan to more come from um, people who I tend not to listen to until it happens. Mm. Uh, and then obviously it was Elbazetti who went out. I don't think we'll loan Archibald out as well, um, which means he will now by the time you're listening to this, be out on loan at Morecambe, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's uh, it's going to be one of those, isn't it, where we'll we'll say it and then it'll be the curse of the Stacey West podcast because that always seems to happen. Ah, oh, dear. Um, so, um, shall we move into uh, to the weekend? Yep. 
Cool. Right. Well, obviously, we've got Northampton um, after sticking four past them a couple of months ago. Uh, they're coming to the bank. And um, I think a lot of us are probably hoping for more of the same, aren't we? A couple of months ago. It was one month. It was one, yeah, we're only in January yeah. now. It was the 19th of December. It was a month and two days ago. It feels like a couple of months ago, Gary. It does feel like a couple of months ago. You're right, but it wasn't. So let's be factually <laughs> correct. <laughs> you know what just before we go on right we me and gary were invited onto uh onto a different podcast uh, which i believe is coming out on sunday um from the the folks at the foundation of the football club and uh you know he was actually really nice to me on that podcast and then we've come back today and it's it's like he's been saving it up since that podcast it's just been oh it was only yesterday yeah, but I mean, 24 hours 24 hours is a lot of time to savour up some resentment if you need to. Well, we, we covered exactly why. There's no resentment whatsoever. Um, it's my <laughs> no, release. that's very true. I've spoken to no <laughs> other human being since, since o'clock, six o'clock this morning. I don't even think I spoke to the woman in the co-op. Did I speak to the checkout woman in the co-op? Oh, no, I didn't. I used a self-service. So, <laughs> no, I didn't talk to anyone in the co-op either. I went all the way into Louth to the bank today to put a couple of checks in the bank Half past two, I went in, and the bank shuts at two every day now. When the bank shut at two every day, lazy. That's <laughs> lazy. Love it, love it. I'm normally the one that goes off on a rant about something Monday. Not going off. I'm not going off on one. I'm just making the point. That, you know. <laughs> bank shutting at half two, lazy. Yeah. Two, two. If they shut two, at so. half two, I would have made it. <laughs> Oh dear. But anyway, yes. Um, so we'll, Northampton. We'll, yes, we'll um, talk about Northampton. Um, so your question to me was, would we like to win four 0 again? Um, yes, Ben. <laughs> yes, we would. That'd be very nice, wouldn't it? You know, anyone that says no, it's mental. Um, yeah, look, we 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 obviously um, when we went to beat them, uh, they played like a three four one two. If I remember correctly, there was a huge gap between the back three and the midfield. There was just they were just utterly woeful. Um, against us they had nine efforts one on target and I remember their one on target was jeered by the home fans Um, it's not going to be a Northampton town that are as bad as that this time out and they had zero attacking presence whatsoever um, which they have now Um, they've brought in Ryan Edmondson on loan from Leeds who's a player who I think could do well at league one level and they brought on Mikkel Miller as well from uh, Rotherham, he's come in on loan. So they're going to have a very different attacking outlook tomorrow. So don't expect them to be as toothless um, in the games since they've played us. They scored three goals, albeit all in one game against Gillingham. Um, but they had a five shots on target from 11. And in losing at Milton Keynes, they had three shots on target as well, which was still two more than, than when we beat them. So it will be a different Northampton. They haven't played since the 12th either. Um, so you know they've they've had a bit of a break as well. They really need the points um, at the, the kind of in the uh, the bottom half of the table. Um, they're still struggling immensely. So yeah, I actually think it's going to be um, going to be quite a tough encounter. I think again, I mean, it's, you know, basically instead of me talking about it, just listen to the podcast from from the pre- previous preview. Um, but bear in mind that they've got. Um, they've got some new players because that's pretty much it. You know, if we get an early goal, I think that we could get them to crumble. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
if they remain stoic and, and, and keep us out, uh, then it could be difficult for us. They're going to be perfectly happy to come to Lincoln and get a point. Absolutely no doubt about that. Um, they haven't played away since the 15th of December. Uh, That's no, three months ago. Yeah, exactly. Eight <laughs> months ago, according to them. Um, they haven't won away in the league since the 21st of November, uh, which was away at Burton. So we're going to talk about the games that we've got coming up. And we've got some big games coming up. And these games, home against the side that are fifth from bottom, these are the ones where you've got to take your chance and you've got to seize the opportunity. One of Hull or Portsmouth or both will drop points because they meet each other this weekend. Um, So with that in mind, there are no must-win games. And that's going to sound stupid maybe to people because I say, well, if we want to go up, it's a must-win game. Yeah, there's your caveat if we want to go up. There are no must-win games. Lincoln City are not going to be relegated this season. If we lose the game or we draw the game, yes, it's you know we'll all have a little bit of a face on about it, but it's not going to be the end of the world. Um, but if we want automatic promotion, this is a weekend where we make a big statement. Um, because, as I've said, Portsmouth play Hull. Ipswich play Peterborough. Uh, so there's two games, uh, massive games for us, where teams will will drop points. Um, so that's where we are. We'd need to be more aware of their attacking threat, uh, but I would sincerely hope that we've got plenty of bodies back. And if we're nearly at full strength, uh, then I can't see why um, why we wouldn't be able to to take all three points uh, and go into next Tuesday in in really good shape. Yeah, I mean, obviously speaking of of full strength, I think. Um it sounds a little bit like, uh, well, at least from the um, the talk pre-Gillingham that there were, you know, players coming back in from whether it's uh, whether it's been COVID or whether it's been um, injury. Um, I don't know. I think obviously Theo Archibald's still got um, potentially a couple of weeks out, but um, yeah, it sounds like things are kind of smoothing over a little bit now um and hopefully it's not uh, not quite as severe as it has been at other um at other clubs so i would hope that we're probably well if if not completely full strength i imagine we're, we're very very nearly there um pending you know obviously injury situation so um it's quite a relief to to know that and hopefully michael's not got the the bad kind of selection headaches for saturday um but uh, we shall see. Um, obviously, we've said that there's, you know, obviously uh, there's some other games coming up. We have Portsmouth on Tuesday. Now, we've, we've spoken about this off air and we've said that in terms of a prediction, you know, when you've got league games back to back, it's it's hard to do a, a kind of a, a preview on that because you don't know what the team's going to be like in terms of whether we'll, we'll be coming off the back of a win or whether Portsmouth will be, you know, whether we'll both go into it in high spirits or whether we'll both be coming off the back of defeat, you know, it's a difficult one. So, um, then were my exact words. You yes. remembered them word for word. Something like that. Yeah. I'm proud of you. <laughs> oh. It's like research, isn't it? Listening to me and then repeating it on air. <laughs> someday, someday we'll make it through a podcast without you referencing research. No, we won't. but today is not that day. Even um, your, even Rachel, your wife had a little dig at you on twitter earlier it was it wasn't direct it was subtle but i had a power cut and she said how will i ever research the podcast no i don't and I I saw think, it I saw yeah it. you know the I thing is you, you say you say She's that as if you say that as if you're surprised you know with uh with 
you know, even even Rachel, my wife, was like, yeah, pretty sure she hates me, to be honest. Um, she does live with you. Uh, yeah, she better do. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, yeah, it's um, it's going to be a, a, I don't know, it's going to be a difficult one on Tuesday, obviously. Um, and I think how things happen on Saturday is, is going to stick, uh, you know, put a big impact on how things go on on Tuesday night. And I think, uh, I think we'll see a bit of a fiery game on Tuesday. Um, I don't know. I just, just a hunch. I think we're going to have a, a game that's going to be interesting, shall we say. In terms yeah. of the approach, I actually think it's a reversal of Saturday. Mm, yeah, yeah. for us in uh, if Portsmouth if Portsmouth get an early goal uh, as they did against us at our place then I think it could be very very difficult for us I think the longer the game goes on um, the the probably I'll not say frustrated but the longer it goes on the more likely we'll be to take something from it and I, I know that sounds ridiculous because you know if you stay at nil nil at 60 minutes you're more likely to get a point than if you've gone two nil down in 10 minutes obviously but I mean in terms of confidence as well um, mm-hmm. I think there will be a lot of people will be looking at it going, this is going to be a really good barometer of who's going to win the title. Um, it won't be because if Portsmouth beat us, there are still going to be uh, 23 games, I believe, for us to play after that, um, mm-hmm. which will, you know, they will drop points, we'll drop points. And if we drop three fewer points than they drop, then that game will mean nothing at all. So um, it's going to be really nice to see where we are against what I consider to be um, probably the very best team in the league. Uh, I think certainly the best team that we saw at Sinsel Bank. Yeah, I, I think Sunderland were, they weren't lucky to get their 4-0 win, but I don't think that they were 4-0 better than us. Um, you know, and I don't think we played well against Sunderland. I don't think we were that bad against Portsmouth. I just think they were very, very good. Mm. Um, but again, you know, in League One on Tuesday night, Accrington and Hull, and Accrington are a very tough prospect, particularly on their own muckhill. So I think, um, you know, there's potential there for Hull to drop points. There's Ipswich beat Sunderland, um, which is another uh, another really big game as well. So, um, you know, the, us and Doncaster could both be fairly big winners um, over the weekend. I think and if we were to take four points from the next two games, you would imagine that, you know, with... With Portsmouth playing us, if we were to take four points, then they've either dropped two or three against us, so that would be good. Hull will almost certainly drop points um, against Accrington and um, uh, Portsmouth. Um, Doncaster obviously play Wimbledon, but they're getting behind on games now. They play West Ham in the FA Cup. And I just wonder if there might be an FA Cup hangover. I mean, Doncaster have been in superb form. They've won eight in nine. The only game they lost is against Shrewsbury, which I think was a week after or a couple of days yeah, it was after they beat us 1-0. So um, they've been absolutely flying. And I just wonder if you know, a big cup game against West Ham, especially if they were to get a draw and take it to I think it goes extra time and penalties or straight to penalties. But you know what I mean? That can be an emotionally draining experience. Um, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see, but we could, you know, crucial, crucial period, certainly going even further forward to next Saturday when Doncaster visit us, you know, by the time the clock strikes midnight on January 31st and, and turns to February, um, we could be in a very, very interesting position. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm, it, it's such a, a weird weird spot to be thinking about uh 
championship football given where we were just a few years ago but um yeah we'll, as you say we'll we'll definitely be a lot clearer come the end of the month and fingers crossed we'll still be there or thereabouts as uh, as keith used to say at some point we have to shrug that off you know that mm. where we were a couple of years ago at some point we're going to have to accept you know we've been on a great journey and it is still and this continuing. is where we are now this is where we are this is who mm. we are we, we are a, a a top half league one club and and while we've got michael in charge and while we've got jez george there and while we've got you know the, the uh, clive nates and the board in place i think mm. this is where we'll stay mm. yeah and um, i had a I mean, it's, it's, it's not an interview or anything like that but i had a chat with jez george yesterday um just kind of about recruitment and a few other bits and bobs and um you know, the work that goes on behind the scenes and the emphasis and approach that they place on recruitment and the method of recruitment is very, very interesting. And for instance, Perry NG was up for sale, wasn't he, this week? Mm-hmm. And I saw one or two people and, and kind of pe- uh, picked up on it as well, seeing that he'd be great at Lincoln. And there were reasons why he would be great at Lincoln because, um, you know, he played with James Jones. We need a right back. He was 24. So if we could have got him in the summer, he could have left crew for free, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, Sue Card, if we're in for him, there was going to be a bit of a, a bit of a uh, an auction in terms of wages and you know, eventually moved to Cardiff and they paid quarter of a million as well. We will never do that. Um, or sorry, we will not do that until we start selling players for seven figures. Mm. And you know, we're more likely to sign a right back. I mean, Callum McDonald's been mentioned at Blackpool who um, uh, he might even be left back actually, but we're more likely to sign somebody like that. Somebody who people will go on Wikipedia and go, we haven't got a very good record, um, but I trust the recruitment. I can't think of one player that we have signed on a permanent deal uh, since Michael arrived at the club who you would think hasn't made it. Aaron Lewis was already here, even though we gave him a permanent contract. Mm-hmm. You know, Zach, people are talking about Zach as, you know, why have we let him go? So it's not a bad signing, even though he hasn't actually performed I don't think there's been any major transfer misses, probably even with loan players in a year now. Um, no, I mean, the only one that I can think of in terms of a loan player, um, and this is just because I'm I'm not 100% sure if he went back due to you know injury, but I think that was Jamie Saul, but I think that was an injury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah and he was um, only an emergency loan signing. So mm. Jamie Saul wasn't a player. We didn't go to West Brom at the beginning of the season and go, we would like to borrow Jamie Saul. We went to them and said, we would like to borrow Callum Morton. Um, mm. And then when Callum was injured, can we borrow Jamie Saul to cover? And, he, you know, I'll be honest, he, he looked a little bit off the pace in terms of senior football. But, um, mm. you know, he still scored a goal on his debut, so it would be hard to mark him out. Alan Sheehan, maybe? And I mean, it's harsh because he signed and we only had one game before he left again. Yeah, I think that I think that that sort of period in time when, you know, that that's you can't really judge a signing based on on well, that. But uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. You know, if you if you discount the, the ones that came in, um, uh, was it I think there was a Keem Hines. I don't think he even kicked a ball in anger, did he? But that no, was again, that's a good that that's was a good. No, that's a good shout. You know, that that was. Uh, that was again one of those ones that came in and, and just didn't get a chance because of when he came in. How did you remember Akeem Hines? Have you got that open on a screen? No, I I just remembered it because he had the he did the the thing in his transfer file. I was thinking who have we signed, and then it, it just popped into my head. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I would. Do you know what? If you had asked me to name players that we signed in the last twelve months, I wouldn't have got a Keen Himes. <laughs> I was just trying to think. I was like, who is it? And I, you know, if you want, I will send you a photograph of my screen to prove that I have not got anything up on there. No, because <laughs> easy to fake. <laughs> um, yeah, Charlie than, Andrew. Other than that, no. I signed Charlie Andrew as well, a goalkeeper. Just you know, right? Okay, that's to show um, that I'm not completely crap. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, it, we said it's probably going to be. Well, it, it is going to be, given where we are with the discussions and stuff, uh, a bit of a shorter podcast than normal this week. But um, yeah. I, is is there anything else we we need to we need to talk about we need to discuss? Uh, well, it might be worth saying that Grant Smith has got a new club. Has he? Uh, yeah, Grant Smith is now playing for Chesterfield. He's joined oh, okay. Chesterfield. So um, yeah, I mean again, it's yeah, it's, it's a former imp. I mean, the headline I think was Imp's title winner gets new club. Um, but he's. Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't, he was a decent keeper for me. Grant Smith lost me when we drew two two with Stevenage, and you know, Ilias Chair could have, yeah, could have probably if we'd kept playing, Ilias Chair would have scored ten because it was just he, he found Grant Ward, uh, Grant Ward, he found Grant Smith's weak spot, and then just you know, kept exploiting it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it it took him ninety minutes to find it, and then when he did find it, he just kept popping the ball there. And uh, I think after that, I always thought maybe Grant Smith might be um, might not be a player who's got a big future. And he was a nice enough lad, but he was one of those that when I interviewed him, when I'd finished the interview, I thought I'm not going to be rushing back to interview him again. He was not, he wasn't rude or anything like that. That'd be really wrong to say, but he was one of those players that I didn't feel it. Um, mm. And do you know what? I think to a degree that can be a reflection on the player and it can be a reflection on the recruitment because you know, if you speak to somebody and they, they come across not as maybe as sullen or, I mean, there was one player who I've made no, no secret about was an utter nightmare to interview. I used to shudder whenever I was told and in the end he, he avoided me as much as I um, desperately avoided him. And I felt that, I feel that reflects um, on how the team is at the time and you know every single player I've interviewed this season without a doubt um, without without exception has been spot on yeah I interviewed Ethan Ross and I spoke to Ethan for about 20 minutes and you know absolute top guy at one point he's kind of like I forgot I was talking to a player I interviewed Remy Howarth and I ended up telling him about walks he could go on around the walls because him <laughs> and his partner like to go out walking no shit honestly um, and then I interviewed Sam Long. Now, when you interview a, a, a 16 year old lad, you think mm. that you might get you know, a couple of one line answers. No, Sam Long was on the phone 15 minutes, got two two articles out of it. And then this week I had Anthony, Anthony Scully. And I'll tell you something, if that boy wanted a footballer, I'd love to go out and have a beer with him because he is, <laughs> he, uh, he is, he's a good lad. Did you know his dad once scored twice against Lincoln as well? No. Well, you should do because I put it in an article yesterday. Do you not read my stuff? I thought you were I've part of Stacey yet, West. No. To be fair, I've been I've been a little bit busy. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I wonder what was. Hitman. Ah, ding, 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 ding. QI there alarm. Go. There you go. You were you were baiting that. You were baiting it. <laughs> uh, yeah, his dad scored twice for Notts County uh, in the 2004-05 season, a game that we lost two-one. We scored in the last minute. 
mm. in it. Um, and it was Taylor Fletcher got it, but it was credited to Greg Pearson as well. Um, okay. yeah, his dad also played for Man City QPR. So fair enough. Wow, that's impressive. Um, what so that I know it or that his dad did it? <laughs> Probably the. Well, I don't want to give you a compliment. Damn it, you've trapped me. Um, yes. <laughs> no, I think um, that's that's a good start. That. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it, it was quite interesting watching the um, watching some of the fallout on Twitter the other day. Now you've mentioned Man City, actually, it's just jogged my memory a little bit. A lot of people saying this is the worst offside decision I've ever seen in my life, and then you have to, you know, somebody. I think it was uh, I think it was somebody who was used to be in the band with Jamie posted the uh, the video of that instant from North uh, from um, Huddersfield, and it's um, you don't know what goal I'm talking about, do you? Yeah, Tyrone Mings goal. Yeah, and Tyrone Mings chested it down. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a complete moron. I do. I do pay attention to current affairs. I just don't indulge in the Premier League because I think it's a, a nasty, deformed, twisted version of the game that I love. So, uh, I'd pretty much agree with you on that. I guess. Yeah. The, uh, I was actually I was talking to Pete this morning. We we're talking about Euro 2020 because I had to. I had to write an article today. Um, the best European Championship finals of all time and I, I loved writing that article for the record Czechoslovakia Germany in 76 uh, Holland Netherlands and Russia in 88 Denmark and Germany in 92 uh, and France Italy in 2000 um, and but we say that I'm worried about watching that tournament because I haven't watched a single football match with VAR ever um, I've never sat down and watched 90 minutes I don't even I think I've watched highlights of a game that have VAR. Uh, I've, I've caught clips of certain games, you know, on Twitter, like the, the goal from Man City yesterday. Um, and I'm really dreading watching a major tournament because I enjoy watching international major international tournaments. Uh, I think, they're, you know, they're great. Football's on all the time. It's on normal terrestrial television. I don't have to worry about subscribing to this and paying into that corporation or whatever. Um, apart from, obviously, the, the state-sponsored tax of the TV licence. But... I'm just going to hate it. I'm going to hate sitting there and watching a game and kind of a goal going in and not being able to celebrate it. And yeah, I'm concerned. Maybe I'm also concerned that a major tournament's got Macedonia in it. I mean, it, it loses <laughs> credibility for me. I was going to say, you, you may probably have to, uh, the, I think the biggest concern is to whether we're actually going to see a major tournament. No, it'll be played. No, they'll, play, they'll, they'll play the tournament. They're, they're, you know, football hasn't stopped. Um, mm. And, all those clubs that were, were struggling over Christmas and fancied getting it, you know, called getting football called off doesn't look like it's going to happen. Although, did I see somewhere that the National League might be yes. curtailing their entire season? Yeah. And if they do, that will mean no relegation, I think, from League Two. Mm. Yeah, I think that was. Um, I think they said they might be finding that out tonight. There might be some some news on that either tonight or by the end of the week. So that's. Uh, that could be lucky, lucky, lucky for Grimsby Town because they are utterly shit at the minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that I care. Well, no. Um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, whether they, whether well, could they do points per game with half the season not played? No. no. I wonder if that part, was part of our hunger to um, get games played. Mm. Was because I think it was, you said, a dangerous precedent if you could tail a season with more than half of it played and I wonder if that was one of the reasons why for instance we didn't call off the Gillingham game with COVID 
issues yeah. where maybe we could have done. Um, so it's interesting, very interesting. But I think uh, on a completely another subject as well. I mean, I, I look at League Two occasionally. I don't pay an awful lot of interest to it because we're not in it. Um, but you see, Simeon Akinola scored again for Southend the other night. Really tough one because oh, he signed. Well, he signed for obviously we had those problems with us, and then he went back to Barnet and got injured. Um, and he signed for Southend, and uh, they couldn't register him because of being in a transfer ban and all sorts. It just looked like it was going to be a horrible move. Yeah for him again I think he's actually been in quite decent form uh, he scored I think a couple of goals and they're quite happy with him and I'm really pleased because I'd heard from people at the club that he was a really nice guy uh, and it was just upsetting when for him obviously that he got his big move towards yeah. and then couldn't uh, he's I think he scored two now for them um, and Southend actually look like they might be capable of moving off the bottom of the table as well mm. well yeah that'd be a I, I might start i might give it some attention just because uh yeah of, of the the neighbors to the north a little bit that would be um yeah, in the situation that they're in do you, do you know what? honestly i've made a point about it but it really doesn't bother me at all uh, they mm. don't even they don't register on my radar them people keep pointing things out you know grimsby and scunny lost i look because you know I, i'm i like football i'd rather watch league two than i would the premier league um but they're not our rivals now are they neither are Mansfield. No. our rivals are hull and doncaster and uh and they're the ones that i worry about it's funny it's funny how some people have a deep-seated hatred of Grimsby uh, and, and some people are just ambivalent about it, depending on where we are. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if we're in the same league, then yes, it would be um, it, it would be a deep-seated hatred for me. But yeah. the fact is that we're not, and I just use it to wind up a friend who's a Grimsby fan. You've got a friend who's a Grimsby fan? Yeah, sadly. Do you know what? I was nearly once tricked into going to a Grimsby game. Oh, yeah, I was going out with a girl in Spilsby and her dad and her brother were both cods. And uh, one day we, we were just having a discussion about going to the football and it never crossed my mind that it might be Grimsby. I just assumed it was Lincoln. And it was only at the very last minute where we realised how crossed our wires were. And at the time I, I did despise Grimsby and they were championship as well, I think, at the time, um, rather than um, second bottom in League Two where they are now. <laughs> you see that little snigger at the end there that to me <laughs> just says that you're not over it well no because I, when i worked in uh howden's in louth i had a kid there i won't say his name because i don't want to get sued <laughs> um but i ended up um ended up sacking him uh, he got done for gross misconduct based uh, I, I won't go into any other details because it, it, it would be yeah that probably would be on gray area but he was a big grimsby fan and he used to give it a big mouth all the time and they got promoted out of the national league while i was there uh, and I remember I, I had to, there was a the manager of one of the other depots, Grimsby or Cleethorpes. Uh, it was a lovely lad called Wayne, um, but he was a big Grimsby fan. And he drove me once to a conference that we had to go to in Harrogate. And all the way there, every conversation ended with the song, We've got a mond, Padrigamond, da 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 da. And it was all the way to fucking, and then we sat there um in the uh sorry we sat in the car park outside the place and we couldn't go in because we were early so he was just playing me videos of them celebrating their win and singing their songs and on the way back i shit you not he took me back round cleethorpe seafront so that i could see all the flags and shirts hung on the seafront and took me <laughs> past blundell park 
and I remember writing an article about it. I will I will find it somewhere and reproduce it one day because I just said all I wanted to do when we were finally promoted, and bear in mind it was only 12 months later, was have an image of Alan Power um, tattooed on the inside of Wayne's eyelids. So every time he closed his <laughs> eyes, he could see ah, Alan Power is an imp, is an imp, is an imp. So I kind of I liked that rivalry. You don't get that when you share an office with uh, with Fiona. <laughs> no, no, I think um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of rivalries that you could have with each other, but I, th- I think you'd probably go about as far as Rachel in suits. No, no, no there's no rivalry there. I don't fancy oh. Rachel in suits, and neither does she. No, I, I don't mean like romantic rivalry. I just mean you know in in terms of opinions. I'm just trying to be. You know, I'm just trying to, you know, mention something that you you mentioned elsewhere. I, 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 heating. I, the rivalry would be over the heating. No. <laughs> because feel we have a, an office. I mean, it's not when I say small. It's about the size of an average kind of single bedroom. Probably is our um, like our downstairs office, and she cranks the heating up in here so that yeah, I I have to sit here in a t-shirt most days. But then at night, when we go into the lounge, and I want the lounge to be roasted. I mean, my old man used to light an open fire in the middle of December, and he'd lay there in his shorts with the open fire roaring, and it would be sweltering hot. That's how I want it. Get it like that here. She starts opening doors, turning the fire down, turning the heating off. By the time I go to bed, genuinely, my penis is the size of a dent. (laughs) Shrivel and cold. Well. And that's... That is a severe size change, by the way. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> from two dates. I mean, I let's... Time to wrap it up because we've started talking about genitals. Yeah, I, I was not expecting to, to go down that road. Um, but if you yeah. want to hear some... If you want to hear some slightly more family-friendly banter from me and Gary, um, as I said, we, we did... Uh, we we were invited onto the uh, the Lincolnshire Buzzcast, I believe it's called. Um, their first episode is going live at the weekend. It's from the, the folks at the Lincoln City Foundation. Um, gave them a little bit of help setting up and and doing some podcasty type things with them. So they've uh, they they asked if we could come on the first episode, and uh, I think we had a good laugh, didn't we? Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, actually, I know what I was going to do. I, I said Doherty story. I was going to say, yeah, my Pete Doherty story, because um, there's a, a Is moment. it like your analogies? Because if it is, I've got a couple of texts to send. You've got a couple of texts to send? Yeah, yeah, if you're going to start going off on one, I know I can switch off and just send a couple of texts and do a bit on my phone. Sod off. Um, no, <laughs> so this was when, I think he was, um, this is when Pete was with Baby Shambles, and obviously, you know, Pete Doherty had a very very storied history with uh with illicit substances and all the rest of it and i think he was making a massive deal um about the fact that he was clean on this tour so there was loads of stories in nme and, and all sorts all over the press about yeah pete doherty's clean now he's not he's, you know he's, he's stopped drug use he's stopped using drugs and all the rest of it um and there, i think at one point if i remember correctly he tried to he was going to sue a reporter for saying that no this isn't true um, and I was working at Birmingham Academy at the time on the bar. And if after the gig, we always used to empty the uh, the bottle bins out around the back into the skips. Walked out, and um, yeah, there was Pete Doherty on the steps of his tour bus, uh, just quite openly shooting up 
Yeah, nice, nice one, Pete. You're really staying nice and clean there. So, yeah, that's my Pete Doherty cho- uh, story for you. I can't. I won't hear anything too negative about him because everybody's got a past. Uh, and I really liked his music. Mm. Um, I liked the Libertines. I didn't get on them until the second album, actually. I missed the first album and obviously went back to it. Um, superb album, love every minute of it. But I quite like Baby Shambles, um, mm-hmm. even the more recent Baby Shambles stuff as well. I can't remember what the album with Farmer's Daughter was. Uh, really, really good. Uh, sequel, sequel to the prequel. That was a really, really good album. Um, and he did his own kind of, it was quite an old album. He did a kind of, I think it was 2008 or nine. And he did uh, Grace and Wastelands, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And I remember putting it on at a dinner party when uh, a load of my friends came around. They were all dance heads. And they put it on and somebody just walked in and went, what is this shit you're listening to? <laughs> um, and I, I, had, I actually thought, do you know what? I listen to Pete Doherty and uh, nobody, uh, everyone thinks he's a knob and by proxy, therefore, thinks I'm a knob as well. And I didn't really care. Okay. So. I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't have too much of an issue with with him and the music and that. I just, it was the way that it was, uh, it was very public that he was very clean and then saw firsthand images to the contrary. But uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Joe, you know, you know I bet there's a million stories of that around the likes of Bob Dylan and, Mm. You know, Jimi Hendrix and um, Bob Marley, you know what I mean? People who were not clean. It was just a certain generation were in the paper for it. Maybe yeah. Winehouse as well. And I think you know, yeah. people, they found it hard at the time to separate the man and the music yeah. or the woman and the music. You know what I mean? It was. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm pretty sure that Keith Richards is actually embalmed at this point just with the amount of stuff that he's put into his body. And I'm amazed that he's still alive. And that's Keith Richards, the musician, not Keith Floyd, the chef. <laughs> what? I, I said the other day, Fee was saying about cooking, and I said, uh, she was saying, oh, I never cook. And I'm sure I mentioned this on a podcast before. And I, I said to her, um, you're joking, aren't you? I, I cook like Keith Richards, meaning <laughs> Keith Floyd. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, dear. Um, anyway yes we have been rambling um yeah so, we haven't talked about football for a while we ought to go i've got a couple yeah. of shepherd's pie like keith play, floyd i'm gonna go play hitman oh yeah you should have said on social media yeah i know should have done anyway i'm gonna go i'm gonna go play just cause three because it cost me three pound on ebay oh, there you go because just stuff. cause four was too hard <laughs> all right guys we will see you uh next week at the end bye Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. 
Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.